John Bonfiglio in uh, Mexico, Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent. John, very good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Um, thanks very much indeed for joining us once again. Uh, and it's kind of, um, uh, I suppose, uh, I don't know, helpful that you're with us today on the basis that uh, there is a lot of news uh, emanating from South America that the number of um, COVID cases has got out of control. The number of deaths is exponential. Um, this is a really, really serious set situation. Perhaps you could just explain uh, what the latest is from where you are. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, the main story here is, is Brazil and nothing else regionally, partly because of the Brazil story in and of itself, but also because of regional worries about this P1 variant, so-called P1 variant, uh, cross-infecting other countries in the region. Brazil in the last 24 hours hit 4,000 deaths for the first time, 4,195 um, and in the last month alone, in March, hit nearly 70,000 deaths, which was twice uh, as much as the previous record in the country. Um, and it's this new variant. I mean, new. It's been around now for, for a little while, for a few months. But essentially, it's absolutely cut swathe through the country and not just in terms of new infections, but also reinfecting people who'd already had the virus in the first place, as it's got up to a 60 percent reinfection rate. Um, so you've got essentially ICUs, state-run ICUs uh, across Brazil that are at a minimum of 80% occupancy, but most of them are actually now at 100% with people waiting in the waiting in the corridors to be uh, to be dealt with and treated. Which, of course, um, is leading to, as I've just said uh, before, cited before, huge numbers of of an uptick in deaths. So this P1 variant was first detected in travellers uh, to Japan from the city of Manaus and the Brazilian Amazon. Um, so we know it. We know what it is. We know where it's come from. Um, what are what are the government in Brazil doing to uh, curtail the, the spread of this or are they not doing anything? This is a major problem. I mean, at best, it's the mixed messaging that's been happening in in Brazil. And at, at worst, it's a it's a significant conflict, uh, both at federal uh, national level, but also at at state level between Jair Bolsonaro, the, the president of Brazil, who's been one of the biggest, um, who's been one of the world leaders who's most downplayed the virus, um, and then essentially state governors who've been trying to bring in lockdown measures at various points, but essentially have been stymied in it by, by the, the federal government authorities. It's led to a massive political crisis in the government as well, to the extent that for the first time in Brazil's history, uh, the heads of the army the Navy and the, the Air Force resigned last Monday in protest, not just at the handling of the, of the coronavirus uh, crisis, but also at the fact that um, Bolsonaro was essentially beginning to forcibly curry favour and support from the military um, in order to, uh, in a fairly obviously kind of undemocratic means, and the, and the military have, have reacted somewhat surprisingly, some would say, Mm. against that and taking a uh, taking a back step so for sure it's not just the fact that the p1 variant has struck there but it's also the fact that there has been um, political inaction um, at various levels across the country and you then multiply that also by um, uh, at very best a slow rollout of the of the vaccine but essentially the truth is that, that um, brazil has had in somewhere south of two million doses of uh, of the vaccine, even though it's got an in-house AstraZeneca uh, processing plant 
um, there within a population of 210 million. So essentially, uh, there is almost zero, you know, statistically in terms of percentages, uh, rollout of the vaccine, which is making Brazil something of a of a melting pot, a laboratory for these for these different variants to um, to breed. To date, we're just under a hundred different variants that have been spotted in in Brazil. So. The situation that you describe is presumably precisely why it's important uh, that people here in the UK follow these measures. Um, You've got a situation where hospitals, they're so overwhelmed that people are dying whilst they're waiting for the treatment. And this is the point again, which is if you are unable to control the spread of the virus, then a lot of people will get very sick. Um, They will need hospitalisation. If they uh, cannot get the hospital treatment that they need, they will die. Um, this, I'm assuming, then reinforces the fairly draconian measures that we have here, despite all the protests and, and the fact that people don't want to be uh, locked up anymore after a year of all of this. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right. It's one of those things that, um, for sure, when you when you have the nth degree of, of of such a spike in cases, and Brazil is absolutely one of the worst that we've seen, you know, internationally since this since this whole thing began in its in its current guise, um, it just becomes something which is completely out of control. It also brings up the second relevant point, uh, which is about the equitable dis- distribution of vaccines internationally, because it little serves one country to fully vaccinate its its population if you've essentially got a breeding ground for, um, for different variants in different parts of, of the world, which are then going to be able to circumvent the... The, the validity or the efficacy of a, of a vaccine that you've already given to your to your population. Um, so, you, of course, internationally, the hope is that, you know, that that we put a lid on this or, or control it in some way. But Brazil at the moment is absolutely the the, the extreme test case in, in this all going massively out of control. Once again, um, completely out with our, you know, our, what we have in terms of current vaccines uh, to date. In terms of what this means for international trade and travel, I'm assuming that um, Brazil is going to be on that banned travel list for almost, you know, until or unless this is under control. What does that do to the economy? What does that do to people's daily lives? Yeah, of course. And and it, ultimately, not just Brazil, because as we've known, even as we've seen, even in a lockdown context where borders are closed, these things spread. And in fact, Uruguay and Paraguay, uh, neighbours to Brazil, which have share land borders and had up until very recently been um, incredibly proactive and kept a lid on uh, on infection rates have, have seen massive spike, spikes in infections because of the the different variant in, in Brazil. Economically, uh, internationally, regionally in particular, it's absolutely disastrous. And it's where where when somebody like President Bolsonaro actually makes points about the economy shutting down that he does um, have traction with some of his audience and some of his some of his voter base because. Of the, you know, it's not as though Latin America started from a high point prior to um, the COVID crisis. It's always been economically um, in, a, in, a, in a complex situation, to, to put it mildly. So, uh, you know, only very recently has there been a burgeoning middle class in some parts of the uh, of, of the region of the, of the continent. So, something like this putting, you know, shattering uh, the economy. I mean, l- l- last year. Uh, halfway through the year, Peru had a 40% reduction in mm. in GDP, just to give you an, 
an example that absolutely you know doesn't just cause people to lose money but it, it generates a whole series of parallel social problems which the continent is going to have to be dealing with for a long time to come uh, just finally to you john as we consider our way out of this uh, we're told here in the uk that the 21st of june is when all the restrictions change now we'll probably see some longer term uh, imposition particularly when it comes to travel uh, is there any sign that you have a roadmap out of this or is it just uh, ongoing until forever it varies a little bit country to country, but there has certainly been um, regionally, I would say, much less of a, especially recently in this, uh, over the course of the last few months, much less of a serious um, lockdown initiatives that have that have taken place. So it's been much more of a laissez-faire uh, attitude to, to the situation. So to some extent, you know, most things are open here already, which obviously you can say is one of the reasons why there are such such infection rates. Um, so that doesn't necessarily need a roadmap out of there. But in terms of having a roadmap out of the actual you know, disease and the virus, I mean, you've got public health officials in Colombia that are, that are publicly citing 2024 as being the best case scenario in, in getting a handle on the situation locally. Wow. OK, John, thank you so much for joining us once again. That's John Bonfiglio, who is Talk Radio's Latin, Latin American correspondent, bringing us up to date on the surge in cases in South America. And it just shows you, I mean, seriously, it's kind of why we're doing what we're doing. And I know that it's difficult and it's long and it's, it's a hard road. But my, oh my, I wouldn't want to be over there, I have to say.